So turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter number 4. I just want to be obedient unto God this morning. Because if we do that, everybody will be okay. Amen? We'll be able to preach it. You'll be able to listen to it. You'll be able to obtain it. The Holy Ghost will begin to work on you. And you'll be able to respond to it. And then we'll get finished with His business. And then you can go do yours. How about that? But uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 over in the Old Testament. This is a very familiar group of Scripture that we're going to read, verses 1 through 7. And if you would, let's stand for the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message this morning. That's how Ezra did it. He said, stand. They stood. And they read the Word of God and prayed over it. And he preached. Second Kings chapter 4, verse number 1. Bible says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. That thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to the bondman. And Elijah said, Unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house. And she said, Thine handsmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. I believe you're fixing to see a miracle. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and she said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debts, and live thou and thy children of the rest. This lady had a need. She knows where to get it from. Elisha. The one that followed Elisha. Double portion. Elisha told the dear lady what to do. And she followed. But can you imagine what this lady is going through before she talked to the preacher? She was at the end of her rope. That's what I want to preach to you this morning with God being our helper. When you reach the end of your rope. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, in Jesus' name, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the precious word of God. And Lord, we thank you for these that are gathered here in the house of God this morning to hear your word. 
Lord, we thank you for the good songs of Zion, the good testimonies that we've already heard, even in Sunday school, dear God. Lord, we know you're in our presence and we know you're here to bless us. And God, we ask you to manifest yourself in this place to where the office work in the hearts of the people will be done. Lord, I pray that you'd use these lips of clay, undergird me with your spirit and power to help me to preach your word, O Lord, to an ever-dying world. And Lord, we'll surely be careful to thank you, give you praise, glory, and honor for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. What do you do when you reach the end of your rope? I bet there's some times in your life, if you'll look back on it, you can say, you know, I remember back in such and such date, I was in such and such situation, and I was at the end of my rope. The realists say, just tie a knot and hang on. The optimists say, just tie another knot and keep on climbing. The pessimists would say, you might as well let go, it's only going to get worse. Right? There's the views that you're going to see when you come to the end of your rope. And some of you that are here today may be at the end of your rope. It may be your marriage. It may be your job is in jeopardy. It may be there's more month than there is money. Surrounded by sudden circumstances, you feel helpless and hopeless. And you feel like you've come to the end of your rope. Now that phrase, the end of your rope, originated uh, from the tethering of horses or other animals to eat, not allowing them to run free. The animal would eat the resources and the radius that the rope allowed, and when he ate all that was available, they would say that the animal's at the end of his rope. The end of the rope for you and I is going to be those times in our lives when we come to a place where we think we have no hope. When you're at the end of your rope. There comes a time when you feel like that there's just nowhere to turn. There's no way to get anything accomplished. And it seems like the world around you is crashing in. You feel like that you're at the end of your rope. You feel like you're at the end of the rope when you come down and you're down to your last penny and you got bills due or you come down to a point where there's some type of sickness in your life and you feel like there's no hope at all. You may even say, I believe I'm at the end of my rope. But at the end of your rope is the beginning of God's resources and I want you to remember that. A lot of times it takes us being down to our very bottom uh, and down to the very pit of, uh, 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 of down at where you can see no light on the other end of the tunnel uh, that God shows up with His magnificent resources and gives you exactly what you need when you're at the end of your rope. Uh, sometimes God waits until you have no other resources to turn to because He wants to get full credit of what He does for you. And it may take that to get you on your knees to begin with. There'll be a time in your life when you'll try everything and discover that there is no help other than the God of heaven above. When we reach the end of our rope, we reach the hem of His garment. If you'll think about it over in Mark... I believe it's Mark chapter number 4 maybe, Mark chapter number 5. The Bible tells us about a little lady with the issue of blood. 
Uh, she's got this issue of blood. She's had it for 12 years. Uh, and I believe if anybody's at the end of her rope, uh, it was this lady in Mark chapter 5. She has tried all of the doctors that she could try. They could give her no help. Uh, she's tried every medicine there is to be bought. Uh, and she could not get help. Uh, she spent every last dime that she had uh, on doctors and medication. And yet she could find no help. Uh, but one day the great physician came walking through her neighborhood. Amen. Uh, and he came walking through. Uh, and praise be unto God. She just knew uh, if she could press through all of the people. People that were enthroning him right there. If he could, she could just press through and touch the hem of his garment. Uh, she knew that she would be made whole. Uh, and she, I believe she was on her hands and knees. Uh, I believe she crawled into the crowd. Uh, and I believe she had to be down low, amen, to touch his garment. And I believe she just got over and just amen. touched the hem. And all of a sudden of everything that was going on, everything stopped. Yep. It halted. Can you imagine Jesus walking down the road and all of those probably hundreds of people surrounding Him and yet this little lady that needed help, she crawled her way through that crowd and she touched the hem of the garment of the Master of the universe. And I'm not talking about He-Man either. Amen. I'm talking about the God-Man. Jesus Christ Himself. Yep. She reached through and touched and as they was walking through, everything stopped. Jesus stopped. What were the words that He said? Who touched me? I feel that virtue has left from me. You know what that virtue was? Power. That was power that left uh, uh, Jesus Christ and went to that little lady with the issue of blood. Uh, you got to understand, she was down to her last hope. Uh, she was down to the end of her rope. Uh, she had nowhere to turn. Uh, she had nowhere to go. Uh, but thanks be unto God, just in time, Jesus came walking by. And she had the faith uh, to reach the hem of His garment. Uh, and she was made whole uh, that very instant. Didn't say she touched Him. Just as close. That tells me, Tony, I just got to get close to him. I don't have to touch him. Literally, but if I can just get close to him, I'll be made whole. I'll be made all right. And that not only goes uh, for a physical need like was met here in the Bible. It, yeah, that goes for any type of need. It may be financial. It may be physical. It may be mental. It doesn't matter what your need is. When you get to the end of your rope uh, to where you feel like there's nowhere else to go, uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth can prevail uh, and win the victory for you and put you back on the solid rock where you'll stand. Hallelujah. I've got good news for you this morning. This passage lets us know that there's hope when you reach the end of your rope. <laughs> Our text tells us about an overwhelmed widow who was at the end of her rope, down and almost out. In her pain and in her poverty, she did not tie a knot and hold on. She did not tie a knot and try to climb up on her own. She did not let go and give up. She turned to the Lord, the one that could help her. Why is the Lord always the last one on the list? You ever notice that when uh, people do have that illness or they do have that particular need in their life, uh, they always turn to God 
at the end. They always try everything else but God uh, to get that thing accomplished. I think when I start feeling a little bit ill, instead of running to the doctor, I'll run to the great physician first. Uh, It'll save me a little bit of money along the way. Uh, And plus, when He gives you the healing, you know uh, that you've been ill. You'll know that you've been taken care of. Amen. Look at the problem that was faced here. This family was in a fix. They had reached the end of the rope. The, uh, uh, you see the death of her spouse here in the Word of God. You see that there in verse number 1. You see her urgency, the emergency, and the fervency in her voice. There in verse number 1, now there cried a certain woman. If you've lost a loved one and you love them dearly, my friend, you'll shed some tears and you'll cry out under God. Nothing wrong with that. You're crying out because of urgency. You're crying out because you need help. You need, you're crying out because you need the grace and mercy of God in your life. You're crying out because you know that God's the only one that can fill that void that's now in your heart. You see the death of her spouse, but you also see the debt on her shoulders. Our extremity is God's opportunity. In other words, when we're at the extreme end of our rope, that's when God wants to take over and show you some things. And no matter how high the prices go and what you may owe today, God will always be higher. God can go higher. No matter how dreaded a disease may be, God can go higher. She's got a debt. On her shoulders. But then I see the devotion in her soul. She didn't turn to the government. She turned to God. I'm here to tell you. If you're depending on the federal government. To keep you up. You're in bad shape. How in the world do our senior citizens make it on what they draw every month? I have no idea. But I know that they trust in God. And God stretches a dollar better than anybody. And God takes care of them. Hey, let me tell you. Don't depend on the government to take care of you. They're going to sit around and let you die anyway. I'm here to tell you. If you don't believe it, look at the health care plan. If you're about 75 years old and you need open heart surgery, you bite out of luck. That's a fact. Because they're going to say, well, your quality of life is not very good anyway. And you're at the end of your rope anyhow. And you're going to die. And they're going to put you in the ground anyhow. So there's no need in wasting doctor's time and the money of the government to fix you that's already broken and is going to stay broke. That's how they look at it. How do they not know that he can't have an open heart surgery and everything be taken care of? Uh, and, 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 and he live a quality of life for 10 or 15 more years. They don't know that. They don't know that. Boy, if I had to depend on the government today to provide all of my needs, I'd be in a mess. I'm not going to call the President of the United States uh, to give me some help. Uh, I believe I'll just call on God. I can get in touch with Him. Amen. (laughs) She didn't turn to drinking. Uh, She didn't turn to drugs. Uh, She turned to deity. (laughs) Uh, She trusted Him in the time of trouble. And when you find out that He's all you have, uh, you'll find out that He is all that you need. Uh, You just have to trust in Him uh, and He'll provide the need, uh, my friend, and give you the proper prescription uh, to help you make it down the road. Let's look at that prescription that was followed. Look at the demand upon her in verse number 3. 
He said, go borrow these vessels abroad. Above all thy neighbors, neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Meaning, go ahead and get as many honey as you can. Elisha told her, go ahead and get as many vessels that you can. Our responsibility is our response to his ability. Now, if she would have went in there and just got two little old vases for to put the oil put in, or we can get real country or real city like and say vase. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say it right. Vase. Is it still vase around here? Okay. Yeah. It's a vase. <laughs> oh, look at this beautiful vase of flowers. <laughs> I'd look at her and say, what? What do you call that? A vase. If she'd have only got two, God would have filled two. If she gets 15, God's going to fill 15. So how much faith is this lady going to have? The prophet's done told her. The preacher's done told her. Get as many empty vessels as you can get. And to go to your neighbors and get their vessels. Even get the empty ones. She had no idea what God was fixing to do. When you're down to nothing, I'm telling you, God's up to something. She didn't have nothing but a little bit of oil. That's all she had. But look at the desire within her in verse number 4. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. Upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall and shall pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Now, why do you think that she had to go in and shut the door? What's well, plain and simple? If you ask me, it's plain and simple. It's pretty well drawn out there in black and white. If they go into the house and shut the door, they're in there by themselves. They know that nobody else came about and went in and gave them that oil. And they know that nobody else left that house to go get oil and bring it back. It was faith in action. Look at that desire within her in verse number 4. They went on in, they shut the door, and, and, and the Bible says, They shall pour out unto all those vessels, and shall set aside that which is full. There was no debate, there was no discussion. Listen, I'm telling you now, she done exactly what the man of God told her to do. And that's great, you know that? There's some things you don't have to pray about. I noticed that as I read this scripture. After the man of God told him, said, look, this is what you need to do. God's going to take care of you. And she didn't say, well, that's kind of strange. Me having to get up all these vases, all these vessels, uh, all these vases, uh, and have them filled with, God's going to fill them with all, I guess, down the road. But what's going on? I just don't quite understand it. Let me pray about it first. No, there's some things you don't have to pray about. Amen. I talked to an individual the other day. They said, hey, we're praying about coming to church. Where do you go now? Nowhere. You're going to pray about coming when God already commands you to go. That's not very smart. <laughs> I'm praying about coming, preacher. Somebody told me one time, preacher, I'm praying about starting to tithe. I said, you ought to be already." Yeah, but I got to pray about it, preacher. I got bills to pay. You're not supposed to pray about what God's done commanded you to do. Amen. Amen. 
Oh, preacher, I'm praying about going to witness to this man. He's lost and on his way going to hell. And his life is becoming shorter and shorter. He don't have that long to live. I've been praying about going to see him. Don't pray about it. Just do it. God commands us to go. This lady did not pray about what the man of God told her to do. She went out and she done it. And you see, she took action immediately, totally and exactly what the prophet had told her. The family was to be shut in. That would signify their dependence on God. They're dependent on God only and nobody else to provide the need. The oil was to be poured out. That would signify obedience. And the vessels would then be filled up. That would signify abundance. It was all going to happen. I see the problem that was faced, the prescription that was followed, but I see the provision that was found. This lady got her all changed. The provision was supernaturally supplied. Look at verse number 6. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. He said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. She went from poverty to plenty. God brought this woman from a weeping widow to a CEO of her own oil company. Right there. It happened. Paul knew what it was like to be literally at the end of his rope. You remember Paul? He was Saul. That was his name, Saul. And he was a persecutor of Christians. But long about Damascus, Paul seen a light. Stricken down and blinded. He was at the end of his rope. But you know who he called upon? The one that met him there. Jesus Christ. If anybody knows about being at the end of the rope, old Paul would know. Of course, Saul's name was changed. The Lord said, you're now going to be called Paul. And in a way, isn't it amazing how God used someone else to even take away his blindness? Ananias? Ananias was the one that went to Paul, touched his eyes, and he began to see. Jesus prophesied that. Told him, hey, you need to see Ananias. He's got something for you. You know what he was doing? Testing Paul's obedience. Seeing if he'd go to that man that loved God to see if he would touch his eyes and and, and they'd be open. He didn't sit around and pray about it. (laughs) There we go again. Jesus done told him, hey, go see Ananias. Go see Ananias and let him take care of your blindness. Well, let me pray about it, Jesus. No, he wanted to see. When you want to get something done, you go through Jesus Christ. Amen. He'll make sure that the need is provided for. And you'll have that much more abundantly if you do. I'm glad of Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That means He is the supplier of His children. I know all of us today would love to do anything that we can and possibly do for our children. Me included, you included. You'd do anything for them. You'd give your last dollar for them if you could. And you'd you'd do anything. That's just how God the Father looks upon His children. And of you that are saved today, He wants to provide for you. But where is your faith? Oh, ye of little faith. 
Oh, you have little faith. My friends, the faith of this world, as we know it, even amongst believers, is growing thin. They don't believe. They don't believe. Oh, the times are changing, preacher. Listen, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do you mean times has changed? Times may be changing. Times in this world are changing, but Jesus Christ is not changing. And if people want you to change your church, change the way you worship, change the way you do this, change the way you do that, on whose approval and authority are we changing anything? Oh, but you know we can draw a big crowd if we do this. Yeah, you can draw a big crowd if you open up a beer joint in the fellowship hall too, but we ain't going to do it. Amen? I got one amen out of that statement. Come on now. My God shall supply all my needs. But then the provision was suddenly stopped. The Bible said they all stayed. The flowing provision turned into a finished provision. A sufficient provision became a stopped provision. Heaven did not run out of resources. She just ran out of room. As long as we make room, He'll continue to pour it on us. You know what I really wanted to do during revival one night? To bring a big old trash can out here and walk around with it. Why would you want to do that, preacher? Well, I done got all them blessings from God. Been blessed all week. My pockets were slapped full. I was ready for them to go ahead and fill the trash can up. Amen. But then I was afraid some of y'all would try to take it away from me and pour it on yourself. Huh? It got good, amen? It got good. When God's blessing like that, I think about that. The little widow woman at the bottom of her barrel, she had a little. Do you notice that the Lord didn't fill that barrel all the way to the top? But every time she scooped in, she could never get to the bottom. More than enough. And it was at the bottom. The whole time, it was at the bottom. Folks, when you're at the bottom, that's when God shows up and does His work. As long as we make room, He'll continue to pour it on us. He'll continue to help us. He'll continue to help you. If you'll make room, well, what, how do I make room? Take self and get it out of the way. Take the flesh and get it out of the way. Make room for God to do His work inside of you. Make room. You see, they made, there was room in that barrel. There's room. There was room in these vases until they were full. I just wonder if she went back and said, you know what? We could have got a whole lot more if we'd have pulled in some more vases like the prophet told us. If we'd have just got in maybe 15 or 20 more vases, if we'd have got in those vessels, if we'd have brought them in more, God would have still been pouring today if they'd have had enough vessels. You have to make yourself open and available for it. Amen. Open and available for God to work in your life. For God to bless you. For God to give you what you need. When you're at the rope's end, that's when you're down to nothing. And that's when you see God working in your life. Sometimes uh, people get high on the hog. But sometimes God will bring you down. 
and will bring you to a point of humbleness and submission to where you give in to God and you understand and know that He is the Creator, He is the Savior, and He's the only one that you can turn to to gain the help that you need in your time of need. But all He needs, Brother John, today is an empty vessel. An empty vessel. May I assure you that God is waiting at the end of your rope. If you are a child of God this morning, He is waiting at the end of your rope. No matter which rope you're on. The financial rope, the family rope, the mental rope, the physical rope, whatever it may be. God is waiting on the other end to help you. But He's waiting till you get there. Waiting for you to get to Him. He's wanting you to just wait and walk that away a little bit. Then guess what? He'll walk the rest. I've seen folks that have sit in this church house. That have sit on this pew right here. Recently on this pew right here. And I've seen them stand up during the invitation time. And when invitation comes. And an opportunity for them to get their heart right with God. I've seen them so far much as to step one step out and then step back in. I believe if that had just went one more further, God would have met them and took them the rest of the way. They'll hold on to the back of the pew like there is no tomorrow, like there is they don't know what to do. Listen, when you get low enough and you're at the end of your rope, you'll know what to do. You've heard it preached for years. Uh, you've heard it taught for years. Trust in God when you're at the end of your rope. Trust in God no matter what the situation may be in your life. Uh, uh, God can take care of it. God can handle the hurt. Uh, God can take away the frustration. God can take away the sorrow. God can take away the sadness. God can take away the sickness. Uh, whatever it may be in your life. When you're at the end of your rope. It's when God will show up uh, and show you what He can do in your life uh, and help you. No matter what your need may be. All He needs today. Is an empty vessel. <laughs> empty. You know Jesus Christ emptied himself. Where he could take upon the sins of the world. Sister stood up and testified about that program. About them crucifying Christ. Them beating him all the way up to the cross. That is nothing. Compared to what really happened. It was a whole lot more. Than what you can ever portray on a television program or a movie. So much more. Christ Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. No one would even really know who he was. And you see his mother at the foot of the cross weeping over her son. The sad scene at Calvary. The devil's in hell rejoicing. Thinking that they've won the war. But all they they know the truth. The truth was, as he was dying, he was gaining victory. 
And after three days, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's sitting today at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. Why do we go to Christ and say, in Jesus' name we pray? Because He's our advocate with the Father. We don't have to have a priest today. Jesus Christ was the high priest. He was the supreme sacrifice. We don't need to make sacrificial animals, you know, sacrifice the animals. We don't have to do that. We don't have to go to the priest. We've got a high priest in Christ Himself that we can go to today. And I can just picture this in my mind. As we go to the Lord in prayer and we begin to pray and we just ask, Lord, I need your help. I need your help, Lord, in this specific situation, whatever it may be in my life. And you pray in Jesus' name. I can see Jesus Christ turning to the Father and saying, Father, Damon Duncan needs you today. You died for him. I died for him. He's talking to the Father. I died for him. He's praying in my name, Lord. Father, we need to have this prayer request answered. Jesus goes on our behalf. Bible says Jesus prays for us. That's a blessing. That the Son of the living God prays for me. When you're at the end of the rope, only one place to be. That's on your face before God. Seeking Him and allowing Jesus Christ to help you. You stand this morning. They come get us a song of invitation. They come, they can go ahead and begin to play softly. Folks, I've been at the end of my rope before. Some of you have been at the end of your rope and you felt like you were just going to lose it. Lord, we have nowhere to turn. We don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. This message is for somebody today. Your duty is to respond to it. And what the Lord has delivered before you. If you're at the end of your rope, the Lord can help you today. Let's pray. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, I pray that you would touch the hearts of the people. Lord, I know this message is for someone. I have no idea who. I just know that, Lord, you surely did impress on us hard to preach it this morning. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'd give that one the courage to come. Give them the ability to step out of where they're standing. Come to an old-fashioned altar of prayer. Lord, and get their vessel filled. Lord, there may be some here lost and undone. I pray you'd save them for Jesus' sake. Lord, there may be some that's been saved, just been backslidden out of your will. Lord, I'm glad you... Allow us to come back to you. Lord, there may be more and more that may be here that are at the end of the rope and they have nowhere to turn, no, don't know what to do. 
They need instruction. They need direction. Lord, I know you can give it today. Lord, be with us. Do the office work, please, sir, in the office of these people and the hearts. Lord, minister to them in a special way. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. You come if you got a need today, all right? Nothing to be ashamed of in the house of God. We need help. Help from heaven. May be physical, may be financial, may be spiritual. You may be at the end of your rope. Saying, Lord, I need help. You can get the help that you need. They're coming to pray. You ought to come. Saul saw that light. That light was Jesus Christ Himself. He can still do today as He did back in those days. When you're at the end of your rope, told this morning a well-known preacher known all over this America which we live son committed suicide yesterday 26, 26 years old so what he was apparently that young man was at the end of his road instead of turning to the Lord he turned to the devil Apparently, if Satan had him convinced, Dusty, there was no other way out. Yeah, there was a way. God will make your way. Oh, we got to have faith and believe and knowing that God can give us the way out. We're losing too many young people that find the ways of the world is easy. Then they find out they have nothing find out there at the end of the rope and the world just takes them like a piece of trash, wads them up and throws them in the trash can. Oh, but listen, God can help. God can help. Thank you for being here this morning.